1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace Podcast. I'm Joel Grodin. I'm coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya for this intro. I'm here doing a series of training conferences for Kenyan pastors and leaders. And I want to do a quick shout-out thank you to Victoria, a medical missionary working in rural Kenya, who asked me about the podcast tonight, which reminded me I hadn't finished the edits to this week's episode yet. So, if you're listening, Victoria, thank you so much for asking about the podcast. I hope you enjoy your time of R&R while you're here in Nairobi. This week, Lynn and I do our final segment with Augusta Harding. This will be episode five, and I'll warn you, it gets pretty emotional at the end. However, I think you'll enjoy it, be encouraged by it. So, let's pick up our conversation with Augusta Harding, where we left off last week.
2: Salvation tracks.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
3: <know>? And that <laughs> yes. began your ministry. That began yes. the
2: ministry. <laughs> Actually, what began the ministry is that about a week after we came out, and this is dangerous. We should never make stars out of people who are coming out of the
3: cults. Right. right. Yes. Thrust
2: them into ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, by the grace of God, we survived this. Yeah. Because suddenly we're, you know, uh, they're in pulpits sharing we're on television mm. are you kidding we're still raw and bleeding yes
1: see. wow yeah so it wasn't something you chose you had people that were saying you need to share you your story need to you come.
2: Need- yes and we're on Christian television and people are calling in well it was unusual for folks to it leave was. the Mormon church back back then. even the right. star newspaper was after us time and again and I'm being quoted in these articles on secular newspapers in Indianapolis. Interesting. You see. But God wow. arranged
3: that, he right? He did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he allowed it all to happen where then, finally, after 10 years, I was doing this basically by myself because he was so busy with uh, different uh, jobs to support us. Right. And so uh, one day he said, Augusta, I'm going to come in full time. You can't do this by yourself, honey. This is getting huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because people were coming to us from the Jehovah's Witnesses, from Scientology, from all of the Boston movement—you name it. Wow, wow, you know, other wow. cults.
1: So I want to go back to something you said because I think it's so true, and that's—it's dangerous to thrust new believers and yes. and turn them into stars. Yes. Um, at, at any time, but especially if they're new, because oh. it puts them into such a vulnerable position. Yes. And um, I just think of the example of the Apostle Paul, who after he converted, I mean, if anybody was going to be a rock star for Christianity, mm-hmm. it was going to be the Apostle Paul, you know, a mm-hmm. persecutor. But he took something like two or three years. Yes, three
3: years in Arabia. Yes, yes
1: mm-hmm. before he then approached And even when he approached Mm -hmm. the disciples, it wasn't to ask for a position of stardom. It was simply to let them know who he was and to just...
2: Yes. And this is a man who writes the majority of the New Testament. Right. Mm -hmm. First person I want to meet after Jesus. Yes, as the apostle <laughs> Paul. So, so I just
1: I appreciated that wisdom because I think too often within the Christian oh, community we want people. we want our rock stars. Yes, we want to grab people that we right. think will have a powerful as if they are the ones who right. are doing the convincing. Oh, and I Lord. think we put Terror. them in such risk. Yes. So yes. anyway, so just thank you for saying that, for recognizing that, and praise God that He preserved you guys, yes. even though you were kind of thrust into that yeah. without seeking it out yourself. But so.
2: Quickly, thank God, we also got very sound mentors. Yes. You know, you guys in IRR. <laughs> yeah. You know, your material, you see, and others. And so as the year went, years went by, and now we were full-time, and Dan was full-time, we began to hold conferences in Indianapolis called Defend the Faith.
1: Yes. And um, it's why, as ministries, we need to make sure we yes. have good information that's accessible. Absolutely. So, how did grace change, like your marriage and your relationship? Um, we, for the first time, were
2: deeply in love with each other.
1: How cool is that?
2: I mean, on such a spiritual level that we had never known before. Right. We had always had crushes on each other because we couldn't <laughs> live apart and couldn't live together, as you know. Right. And Mormonism just uh, you know almost intensified the legalism and all the aren't you going to go to your business aren't you going to go to your uh priesthood meeting and blah 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 mm-hmm. you're a whole right. family only always measuring pressure, each pressure, pressure other, always yes, right. mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah. now it was all grace now it was my husband who was filled with the holy spirit of god now it's my husband who loves the scriptures who loves the bible mm-hmm. who used to look at one bi- verse in the book of mormon and fall asleep <laughs> and, and he used to be so worried about it, he went to the bishop one time and said, You know, Bishop Chamberlain, Gene, he called him, the Book of Mormon sounds so phony to me. I can't read it. It's wow. ruining my testimony. And the bishop said to him, Brother Dan, if the Book of Mormon is ruining your testimony, stop reading it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, And it's you, you know, and the caveat and we will did. always say is anytime we quote mm-hmm. a bishop or a Mormon okay. leader, we're not saying all Mormon no, bishops are like this. It's
2: just that he, but, that was his advice.
1: But so often yes. these poor men, I mean, I personally I a lot of times feel for Mormon bishops, mm-hmm. uh, Mormon stake presidents. There is so much pressure they are looked up to. They're expected to have all the answers. And so often at the end of the day, they're just as clueless. clueless. Only now they've got all the pressure to say something. And so they'll say something like, okay, fine. If the Book of Mormon is wrecking your testimony, then don't read the Book of Mormon. Don't
2: read the Book of
1: Mormon. So as to now that we were apostates, we were told it's all in the Book of
2: Mormon. It's all in the Book of Mormon, Brother Hardy he said no <laughs> it's in the bible you yes know? and so we get the minister the first couple th- there was a couple that we had met young couple mm-hmm. Gl- dale and glenda hill she was my visiting teacher you know uh, you know they were poor uh, she she had a, a, a one son they had one son and he was an exterminator and Brilliant people Mm -hmm. to this day, wonderful Christians, successful, wonderful Christians. But back then, they were just kids, and they had been Mormons for three years. God kept bringing her to my heart to pray for. I couldn't shake it. It was getting impossible. So I called Glenda one day. I said, Glenda, hi, this is Augusta Harding, remember? Oh, yeah, Augusta Harding, yeah. And I said, Glenda, I just want to tell you that you're always welcome in my home. Not in the capacity of visiting teacher, but just as a, as a friend. And she says, oh, okay. She said, well, Dale and I are so shocked that you would leave the church. I said, right. yes, but I'd like to tell you why. No. She said, Dale and I are perfectly happy in the church. We've never been so happy. I said, okay. Well, Glenda, just my invitation is open. Okay, bye. You know?
3: mm-hmm. So I thought,
2: well, Lord, you know, why are you bringing her now? I'll stop praying for her no no glenda hill always on my mind mm. it was getting to be pesky <laughs> You <know? laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i'm praying for glenda hill and one morning she calls me at nine o'clock crying in the morning and she said this is glenda hill she said hey could you come over to my house and show me what you found out Ooh. Wow! and 9 o'clock is never my shining hour as everybody who knows <laughs> <Yes>. well knows because <laughs> my heart doesn't start beating till noon I grabbed a box I threw everything I knew into this box including my New Testament that I had marked up and headed over to Glenda and we cried together and prayed oh. together oh. make a long story short they oh. spent oh. their first Christmas with us as ex-Mormons, wow! and oh my glory, that friendship, they're like family forever after. They live in Florida now, in Tampa. Tampa. I want them so much to meet you. (laughs) I love that. Yes,
3: very dedicated, deeply faithful Christians. And you do realize the individuals you're talking about, I know. That what most of the individuals yes. you're talking about. Yes, you're naming about, because know, you were in Indianapolis. In that That's true. true.
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes.
3: So. So that
2: was that was the immediate ward level. You know. Okay. And then I knew a girl whom I had who had mentored me in Chicago in the Mormon Church there, mm-hmm. and I wrote to her Grace Klein. I have to tell you about Amazing Grace. Yes, please do. Yes, the amazing Grace, Grace a, story. Grace was one of the few people who was hired by the Mormon church to, to be on the national level over the singles program, whatever. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Young, young adults, I don't know what they call them. Right. Grace was divorced with two boys, and uh, I had written her a testimony letter of like 12 pages when I came out because she was near and dear to me. She wrote me 13 pages back all all about how wonderful the church is and how I was wrong and so forth. Yes. So a few years go by and Grace calls me one time when I was about to go to Iceland and uh, was packing and horribly busy and there's Grace on the phone and she said, I'm in Carmel, Indiana. Can uh, Can I see you? I said, Oh my gosh, Grace, what are you doing? Oh, I'm on my way. I live in Florida now, she said. I'm on my way to Chicago to to be hired by the church as this leader, you know. Oh, okay. She said, can we do lunch? I said, yeah. I said, there's a cafeteria where we went last night. MCL, yeah, Yeah. okay. I said, there's a cafeteria nearby. Can I meet you there? Sure. So we met there and we started speaking and she's going on and on and on and on about her testimony and how wonderful. I said, Grace, I put on my fork, I'll never forget. I said to her, Grace. (laughs) It's like a Kodak moment. I said, how are you going to go to the celestial kingdom? And she said, ah, oh, it's strange you should say that because I've really been worried about that. Mm. I said, yeah, you're not married, you're divorced. How are you going to get there? Well, I, maybe I'll just be a servant. I said, well, what are you going to do if you end up in the celestial kingdom? And she says, well, you know, Joseph Smith said that it was so glorious that even the telestial kingdom, we would go out and hang them, hang ourselves to get there. And I said, Grace, yeah. the telestial kingdom is his imagination. No, she says, It's in the Bible. I said, No, it's not in the Bible. She said, Gusta, I know it's in the Bible. It's in it's in First Corinthians. I said, Do you have your Bible in your in your car? She's in a little BW bug full of stuff, including two kids. So I said, why don't you come home with me and we'll look it up. Okay. So we go home to me. It's like five minutes away. And I said, here, here's my Bible. Find it, Grace. She's furiously looking, you know, mm-hmm. through, through the telestial kingdom. She sees that her body's terrestrial, that her body's celestial. Mm-hmm. And I, I walk her through that chapter 15 Yeah. in 1 Corinthians, showing her it has nothing to do with that. It's just about the celestial body and the earthly body, which means heavenly, right. versus the, earth, the, the the you know Our the earthly. earthly body that yeah. we have now. Nothing to do with kingdoms or anything else. And she said, well, it's got to be somewhere else. And she's looking and looking. So mm-hmm. finally, I said, Grace, I know you have a deadline. I'm leaving for Iceland in two days. I'm all packing and going crazy. I said, I know neither one of us has time for this, but for some reason, God has arranged this meeting. I said, could you stay the night with me? I heard the words coming out of my mouth. You know, <laughs> oh, you know, no, you know. I'll be up all night for the next And I said, could you stay the night with me? And uh, And she said, well, I just want to know the truth. I said, you know what? You just said the golden words. Mm. Yes. If you want to know the truth, you will know the truth, you Mm -hmm. know. And so, uh, till four or five in the morning, we're talking. So I put them to bed, and she's reading. And now she's reading the journals of discourses, my marked up Bible. She's asking me firing questions at me. Mm. So I fell asleep finally at five. And I, I said you'd be up all night. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I woke up at nine o'clock. Grace is still there reading, mm. and tears are streaming down her face. It's, no, not yet. She's not crying yet. Okay. She said, "Gusta, I need to play you something." And she goes out in her car, gets some smarmy music tape from the Mormon Church, mm-hmm. and is playing it like I'm a ch- some, you know, I'm a child of God type. She says, how can this be false? I said, Grace, do you want to hear something? And Sandy Patty had just recorded We Shall Behold Him.
1: Oh, yes. Amazing song. And
2: that's when the tears began streaming. Mm -hmm. And Grace said, how do I become a Christian, Gustav? And I showed her the gospel, which is here in 1 Corinthians 15, you know. Yes. one through five this is the gospel, gospel in which you stand by which you are saved mm-hmm. this is how you appropriated we went to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and my dear friend in front of my eyes was gloriously saved <laughs> Oh wow. yes. Yes, never went to Chicago you know oh. went yes. back to Florida later stayed with me for till I left for Iceland
1: I guess what I would like and Lynn feel free to jump in with whatever you would like but So for the transitioning Mormon, so for the person Mm -hmm. who's listening to you, who's heard your story, and this is probably going to be about four or five episodes worth of your story. No, but that, no, but it's beautiful because it's a story of God pursuing you and Dan. And you surrendering to the God of the Bible who loves you infinitely, who despite Everything else you'd been involved in um, came after you, um, saved you. For his
3: purposes. Right. toward the the ages.
1: Opened up up doors of ministry to you, who has given you an incredible heart. Because I think one of the most beautiful things about you for me, Augusta, is that despite all that went on, and despite the fact that you still recognize that the Mormon church is wrong, I mean... Mm -hmm. The compassion that you have for Mormon people oh,
2: my heart for them,
1: has been there, so not a trace of bitterness, no. not a trace of cynicism, not a trace of anger, hostility against LDS people, no. and I think that's come through really clearly as you've told your story. But looking back over your life now and all the years you've been a believer, mm-hmm. What would you say to that transitioning Mormon who might be like right where you were in the early eighties when those doubts were starting, when you were just you're putting stuff on the shelf. Yes. It was what would you say to them about where they should go, what they should pursue? Yes. How would you encourage them?
2: Yes. If you have a heart for truth, I am such a firm believer that God will show you and give you the truth. Jesus said, you know, that the, 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 the Word of God is truth. Yes. It's the life. It's not just a dead book. The and woman, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Nothing Absolutely. else will. You can go to psychological counseling, blah, 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 till the cows come home. You will never be set free, truly free, you can be free of Mormonism. I've met many people who come out of Mormonism, and they don't want anything to do with the Lord. Yeah. You see, they're they're burned. They're they're they're, they're destroyed. Yes. Which is absolutely horrifying to me, you know, but the words in the Bible are the the Bible is the best anti-Mormon literature in the world. You yes, know? Really? it really truly is, and just you know prayerfully keep pursuing God. Do you want him? Because he said, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find Find me. me. You'll find him.
1: Absolutely. And and then
2: worry about what church to go to after that, you see. Yes. Don't always be shopping which church is true, which church. No, wait a minute. This is not the only true church. This is the only true Savior. That's whom you need. The only true Savior. You know, what is your standing before God? You, we know from Scripture we cannot stand in our own righteousness. If we do not have His righteousness imputed to us, right, will be a sorry sight. Yeah, when we stand before God. Absolutely. Know. Yes. So keep studying. Thank you. Keep getting in touch with people that that are in this ministry who are tried and true, like Lynn and, and you and maybe me and Sandra Tanner and mm-hmm. so right. many, thank God now, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: go to them and ask the questions that are on your heart. Don't be afraid to, to examine. We have been commanded by God to examine all things yes. and then hold fast that which is true.
1: Yep, that's you in know. Second Thessalonians yes. 5, I believe. Yes. We'll put it in the show that's notes. a commandment
2: to, to yeah. try all things. And, uh, yes, God is not going to be angry with you because you go and ask questions, you know. Right.
1: So, and where can people find you? You know, what would you, is there anything you'd like us to put in the show notes? So if people yes. resonate with Call your me. story and they want to. Um...
2: Call me anytime.
1: Okay. Well, we'll put that, we'll yes. add your, you want, I mean, your cell number? and is yes. that Okay. That's right. Because. This is airing all over so... 970
2: 5522 Okay. <laughs> She's given it. Yes, and I'm it'll
1: leaving. it'll be in the show notes. Yes. Lynn, anything you would say, ask a gooster, just contribute because you've walked the same path as she has. Um,
3: I can't right now. <laughs> no? Sorry. Just two? Your bishop mm-hmm. became the stake president. Yes, and the patriarch. And I, yes, and I was his state primary president, and my husband was Gee his Jim high God. counselor, and my son got his patriarchal blessing from, from him. him. Wow. So you left four oh, years I after I went so. in to the very same stake yes. with the very same people. Wow. And had I oh, known incredible. you, Oh Back my wish I wish how I wish heard this story. Oh my goodness how oh I wish. I remember <laughs> when that movie was shown. Yes. Right? Yeah. And we were told not to go anywhere yes, near the it, right? makers, yes. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe this. I it never knew this.
2: I'm overwhelmed oh, I don't have to
3: Right. this. And yet God wow. took me in for 30 years so that again. Oh wow. Oh my goodness! I could help others out like you do. Pray, right. and here we were all the time. <laughs> and here you were all the time, right? Somebody writing my yes. own mistake, having left oh with the information that oh. I needed. Oh my glory!
2: I can't wait to read your book. I can't wait to read your book. Oh, uh, but look how God has brought
1: this
3: together.
2: Yeah. You know what an amazing God we
1: have. It is. Yeah. yeah. And if there's anything... The grace. Yeah. The mercy. grace that heals. Oh. That heals relationships, that heals yes. hearts.
2: Oh, the grace is beyond belief and explanation. You know, I'm not going to be here on this earth too much longer. But it never ceases to totally overwhelmingly amaze me. Mm. His grace and mercy we did not come out because we were smarter or better or more deserving it was a hundred percent his work you know yeah i'm more and more and more convinced of it i see people that know everything that i do and they still reject him yeah and yet do
3: you see, see? people flooding out yeah. right now yeah I know.
1: yeah
3: I've i see a lot of people Many, because of their experiences in right. mormonism yeah rejecting the Lord right. altogether. Yes. But some of them will
2: later, maybe on their deathbed, we don't know. Remember how we used to uh, laugh at deathbed confessions and all that? We used to say, "Ah, yeah, right, deathbed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how (laughs) wonderful is it? That
3: anyone can get saved at any point, yes. Until death. Until the last breath. Not after. You
2: know, I (laughs) led my father to the Lord when he was 87 years old. Mm. Oh,
1: wow. The
2: son of a prominent Icelandic minister. You know, wow. never knew the gospel. Always thought he had to be good enough.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Never knew the gospel. How is that possible, you see? It is a supernatural thing.
1: Yes. It yes. It
2: really is. I'm more and more convinced of that always, that it's none of our doing. Well.
3: And yet many of uh, the Yes, yes, thank God for that. And I that, see that. Oh, that gives me life. Yes,
2: now. it does. It's the only thing worth living for, really. You know, since losing Dan, I've often thought, "Why am I here, Lord?" You know. I cannot tell you what. I mean, I was nineteen when I met him. Think of it. You know, I'm sixty <laughs> years. We were together. Wow. Well, yes. How do you live after that? You see, but yet. The only thing that gives me joy is to share the gospel and to see people set free. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. To this, see people transformed. This life is a blip in eternity. Yes. And then it's over. And then begins eternity, you know. The yeah, has really begun. <laughs> right.
3: To open our mouths in a bit. Right. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Well, what anyway. This worth. Thank you, Augusta. Thank you. Praise God for how he's used you. And this has been a really precious, holy time. And we'll just trust it into God's care to use it with whomever we will. And again, we just say, um, we want to be here for you on VeilingGracePodcast.com. There'll be all sorts of links in the show notes to ways you can connect with Augusta, with Lynn. Or with myself and our ministries, because more than anything else, we want you to know this grace that heals. We want your life and your relationships to flourish in Jesus, because that's the only place they can. And so, thanks for taking, spending your time with us. Um, it's a pleasure. We're honored. Yeah. Thank you, Augusta.
2: Hey guys, um, are you gonna ever be here again?
1: <laughs> we hope so. Yeah. I we would
2: love we to come back. Some kind.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.